Welcome to Nameless Debate Radio, where radioactivity is contagious. You can join us in broadening our minds on the Nameless Debates Discord via the link below, and even feature here yourself, if you've got what it takes. Do we have any topics in mind for this discussion, or are we just going to riff? Alternative law of identity, baby! <laughs> law of identity 2. Law of identity V2, you mean? No, law of identity 2. Oh. <laughs> we, we thought the first one was so good we made a sequel. <laughs> uh, that's pretty funny. You should make a meme about that, dude. Like, if the law of identity is so good, why is there no law of identity too? There is now! Are we recording? We are recording. Okay. Maybe we could start off with um, the topics that you and I were talking about, uh, having a discussion about. Can I start um, off with a few quotes uh, from... Can sure. mm-hmm. That way, uh, it might it might ground it. Do you want to quickly do me a favor, Joshua, and adjust? So this might be a difficult uh, instruction, but I want you to go into settings, voice and video, and you should see a bar that says input sensitivity, right? And it's got a toggle that says automatically determine. Turn the automatically determine thing off and move the bar backwards a bit. Okay. Because essentially, it's a noise gate. I'm assuming you know what that is. Yeah. How's that? Is that better? Uh, yeah, it seems better, yeah. Okay. Good. Sounds good. Uh, let me... If an elementary proposition is true, the state of affairs exists. If an elementary proposition is false, the state of affairs does not exist. If all true elementary propositions are given, the result is a complete description of the world. The world is completely described by giving all elementary propositions and adding which of them are true and which false. Hmm. Could you repeat that? Yeah. If an elementary proposition is true, the state of affairs exists. If an elementary proposition is false, the state of affairs does not exist. That sets up... True. What's that? What do you? So, so the it does not exist, but the statement is still true. Yeah, this the statement as a statement of its own existence is true. Mm-hmm. What yep, is the correct. definition of an elementary proposition? Well, it's a it's a proposition which is a proposition uh, is a statement of truth or falsity in relation. Uh, to existence, so mm-hmm. you're making a true, a true or false proposition. Well, technically, a proposition in relation to a fact of existence. Technically, a proposition is inherently a claim about truth. That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. a claim, a claim about truth, specifically in in relation to the prior axiom. Well, yes, and the the, the it first has axiom relation... itself cannot be a truth claim. Because yeah. uh, 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 because the truth of the second axiom is defined relative to the first. I agree. Um, he gets into the Wittgenstein gets into that quite deeply, and he says things that are not. E- I would say easy to understand, but he says a tautology. One of the things he says is uh, a tautology doesn't refer to the world, and a contradiction doesn't either. Which Interesting. Is another way of saying. 
Another way of saying what you just said. A tautology doesn't refer to the world, and a contradiction doesn't either. Correct. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Why is it My, uh, that... I'll read another one uh, that deals with this. Among the possible groups of truth conditions, there are two extreme cases. In one of these cases, the proposition is true for all the truth possibilities of the elementary propositions. We say that the truth conditions are tautological. In the second case, the proposition is false for all the truth possibilities. The truth conditions are contradictory. In the first case, we call the proposition a tautology. In the second, a contradiction. Mm -hmm. Propositions show what they say. Ta tautologies and contradictions show that they say nothing. A tautology has no truth conditions since it is unconditionally true, and a contradiction is true on no condition. That's really interesting. Mm -hmm. It is very interesting. It's very interesting. I, I thought it would uh, jump us to another. Uh, the, the key proposition, which is interesting, mm -hmm is the idea that uh, a proposition is a claim in relation to the true state of affairs. That the truth, that these state of affairs have to exist in order for the proposition to be true. Now, it's actually another level of discourse. So it's the meta discourse is that meta to that, you can make a claim about the proposition itself. Something that I think he doesn't completely recognize is that you can make statements about the proposition, and that's another, uh, that's a meta layer of truth values. Mm -hmm. So if a tautology does not refer to the world, right, then is the world not itself a tautology? Uh, yes, I think the world is a tautology. Uh, I think the idea is and he makes this sort of clearer that a tautology can't equal the world for practical reasons. Does he mean like... Now, uh, Bateson makes that case. So I guess that, I'm trying to wonder, right, because you said the thing that I agree with, which is that the world is a tautology. But to say right. then that a tautology does not refer to the world, it seems like we're distinguishing between um, like a tautology in reasoning and a tautology in identity. Not really. I think there's actually a logical problem. And Bateson talks about that in the essay from Steps to an Ecology of Mind, that in order to have a completely described tautology, you'd also have to describe the tautology you described. Mm -hmm. And then uh, that uh, turns into an infinite, infinite, infinite problem. It's a problem that can't be resolved. So therefore, a tautology you project cannot be equal to the tautology of the world. So they're not the same thing. That doesn't necessarily mean it doesn't refer to the world, though. It doesn't have to be completely equivalent in order to make That's a right. coherent reference. That's but right. it seems like in this statement, he says a tautology categorically does not refer to the world. I think this is the perfect um, place to touch on the thing that I was talking about yesterday, which is mm -hmm. that I would say that um, the, the tautology is equivalent, but they are not identical. Yeah. Can it's equivalent. Okay, yeah, go so, ahead. So, so if if something is identical, it has both the same structure and the same value. If it is only equivalent, that if it is equivalent, it only has the same value. Only has the same what? Value, but not the same structure. 
And so your argument about a tautology is that it can be what equivalent or identical? I, I say I would say that that it is equivalent, but it is not identical. Okay, I probably accept that, but that's a reference. I would to say what? it's equivalent to a degree. It's always to a degree. The value they they are, they are both equal. They are both equivalent to big T. I think but they do not have the same structure. I think, Joshua, that's implicit in the distinction he made already, right? Because if you say there's, yeah, a, dis- maybe. If you say yeah. there's a distinction between equivalence and identical, right, then it implies that equivalence is not complete, I think. Yeah. Um, but I think what I, um, I think what I like would like to ask, given that, right, is that even though I agree with that, right, um, that seems to be a reference, right? That seems to be a link between the tautology and the world. Um, that right. is denied by Wittgenstein in this statement here, right? Not quite, but it sounds like it is being Okay, denied. could you explain that? The thing, the, the, the thing, the problem with Wittgenstein is he can be rhetorical, so that, that confuses people. Okay. Uh, uh, so listen, I, I would say... The I truth say conditions... Sorry. The truth conditions of a proposition determine the range that leaves it open to the facts. A proposition, a picture, or a model is in the negative sense like a solid body that restricts the freedom of movement of others, and in the positive sense like a space bounded by a solid substance in which there is room for a body. A tautology leaves open to reality the whole, the infinite whole of logical space. A contradiction fills the whole of logical space, leaving no point of it for reality, thus neither of them can determine reality. Now then he says in any way, and that's where the problem is. That's not true. It's not true to say it in any way, but that's mm-hmm. what he says. And Can later I, he's, yeah. a, he's embarrassed by this book. Later in his life, he's sort of embarrassed because he makes statements that are a little, he overplays his hand a little Too bit. And he doesn't even like that. Mm-hmm. What's that? Sure. I said, uh, you said he makes statements that are little and I suggested too confident. Um, yeah. Could you um, just uh, to make you know the conversation progress a bit more smoothly? When you're reading a quote, do you mind uh, presuming you're reading it on your computer and not out of an actual book? Do you mind uh, copy pasting it into commentary? I, I tagged you in the channel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a great just idea. Just so, because it's easier for us to all reflect on it when we don't have to listen to every single word you say. You know. Yeah, and I would say that the reason that he would not draw the link between the tautology and the natural world is that they aren't actually directly linked. So they're only indirectly linked through big T. So only big T is identical to big T and a a tautology is equivalent to big, is like, it's not, well, the tautology is related to big T and the, the natural world is related to big T. And so you can only say they are related insofar as they are both related to big T. Yeah. Yes, I agree with that. Did you guys get the quote? Did I put it in the right chat list? Not sure which one. Um, I tagged you in it. Do you not know how to uh, recognize tags? I didn't see it. Um, okay, yeah, so I was too busy. I was probably on... Uh, so what the, it does is the browser. If you scroll through the channels, right, one of them should have a little red one, or or a red two. Oh, there's one with a two. The commentary. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that's called tagging. If you if it comes up with a little red thing, that means you've been mentioned specifically. Okay. Oh yeah, there you go. Okay.
Thanks for that. There's another one I wanted that's connected to this talk. Mm -hmm. Did you I'm get this book from archive.org? Actually, I can tell you where I got it. I can give you a link, actually. Uh, it looks like someone has done a text, like image to text translation on it. Now that may be the case, actually, because it's from a PDF. Yeah, that makes sense. It's actually, I don't know if it's doing image to text. It may be, but I think it, what it's doing is uh, it, when I paste it, it doesn't. Uh, it's not grabbing uh, the formatting properly. That's what's happening. It's not grabbing yeah. the formatting properly. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Cool. So that's the, I, I think I, I sent the, the PDF that I'm referring yeah, to. Yeah, you did, yeah. And I'm in the fours. So if anybody sees something that. Where is it? Like I say, some of what he says is rhetorical and uh, confuses people because mm -hmm. uh, he likes to say clever things, and uh, which I sort of admire because I like the poetry of rhetoric, but he confuses it with accuracy, I think. Interesting. He underestimated um, the problem of, uh, of language, and he underestimated the problem of language and reality when he wrote this. Mm -hmm. um, which is something that I think we all do. Yes, I think it's uh, almost impossible not to underestimate it. Um, could you give some more examples of like uh, rhetorical flourishes he uses? Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, he gets ridiculous in some of these. Um, <laughs> Uh, I mean, I agree with some of it. Uh, here's an example. I mean, I admire it and I am not so sure. I'll, I'll, let me just copy and post it before I read it so mm -hmm. everybody can just read it as well. Philosophy aims at the logical clarification of thoughts. Philosophy is not a body of doctrine, but an activity. A philosophical work consists essentially of elucidations. Philosophy does not result in philosophical propositions, but rather in the clarification of propositions. Now that's already, is it really binary when he uses rather? Isn't it both? You know what yes, I, mean? I agree. Without, without philosophy, thoughts are, as it were, cloudy and indistinct. Its task is to make them clear and to give them sharp boundaries. That part is, is fine. But then he goes on In, and he gets just more quickly, ridiculous. Just quickly, I, I'd say at the end of the sentence, right, that last bit, um, yeah. he, like you can see the affirmation of the uh, production of propositions, right? Because giving them sharp boundaries is how you get the proposition to begin with. Before that, it's just an idea. That's right. I agree. No, attributing attributing value to the underlying structure is how you get a proposition. Oh shoot. Now here's one I disagree with. So which is right after the one 
I just pointed out. For instance, this one, this one's I find annoying, but that's because he didn't really know a lot about psychology. And he goes, psychology is no more closely related to philosophy than any other natural science. That's nonsense. Theor yeah, but, I, you know, he's, he sort of saves it with this one a little bit. Theory of knowledge is the philosophy of psychology, which isn't quite true. And it could be regarded as true enough to, to disqualify the ignorance of the previous proposition. Does not my study of sign language correspond to the study of thought process, processes, which philosophers used to consider so essential to the philosophy of logic? That's true. Only in most cases, they got entangled in unessential and psychological, unessential psychological investigations. With my method, too, there is an analogous risk. So he, he sort of admits the problem, but he, he goes ahead and says it anyways, <laughs> which I find odd because I don't think you can do philosophy without mind. And therefore, a theory of mind is essential to doing philosophy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, he seems to uh, glide over this as though uh, it's not true. And yes. actually, it's, it's a mistake that so many people make. I mean, uh, have made I, in I'm, history. Not sure, I'm not sure that you actually necessarily do need it, though. I think it helps. I don't think it's a strict requirement. I, I think it is a strict requirement because unless you have Definitely. some knowledge of psychology, it's not possible to distinguish between a defense mechanism and an actual like problem, right? That's right. Mm -hmm. it's, that's just one example of them, but... Yeah, there's a whole language in uh, in psychological theory that deals with the the inner phenomena, and then the interpretation of in inner phenomena to signs, right? I think that comes actually before philosophy. Philosophy comes after the signs. So psychology is dealing with uh, the relationship between the hardware and the software, and mm -hmm. philosophy is already dealing with the software, and to some degree. It's not recognizing that you have to have some skill in that relation in order to be able to do the higher level abstract thinking. Mm -hmm. I mean, the the first statement in that in that um, collection of statements is just wrong, right? Um, yeah. But like, it seems like it does seem like he doesn't quite understand psychology itself, right? To say that psychology yes. is theory of knowledge is kind of right but not really you know what i mean yeah it's not really and then you know he wrote a whole long paper on the not on the idea of the unconscious being logical nonsense which that is a really <laughs> yes <laughs> you can see where logic could get you in trouble <laughs> he simply argues that if it's unconscious then you can't be conscious of it so it can't exist so that's, <laughs> I I <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> An excellent tautology uh, there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now this I don't really quite understand right now. I have to say this proposition, mm -hmm. although it sounds true, I, I, I'm not sure it's true. But maybe one of you guys can uh, uh, clar clarify this one for me. I like, um, just quickly before the next statement, I um, really like how he uh, almost admits to the problem yeah. with the method at the end, right? He says, it only does, in though. cases they got entangled in unessential, although that's supposed to be inessential, psychological investigations. And with my method too, there is an analogous risk, right? That's an, that's yeah. an admittance to the potential I know. problem. 
Yes. He was good at that. He was good at realizing possibilities, but uh, not necessarily measuring the probabilities quite right. So this is one. Propositions can represent the whole of reality, but they cannot represent what they must have in common with reality in order to be able to represent it. Logical form. I just don't get that. I, I would think that he would know that that's not completely true. In order to be able to represent logical form, we should have to be able to station I ourselves with propositions really somewhere outside logic. What's that? I think that um, in when he says, um, sorry, one sec, there are people talking in my background. It's incredibly confusing. All right, my bad. Um, what was I going to say? I was going to, okay, so it seems to me that what he could be trying to say is um, that they can't, uh, represent it completely, right? It's interesting that your objection was that's not completely true because I think that the only way that that actually makes sense is if he is saying that it can't be completely represented. Yes, I would agree with that. I didn't think that's what he was saying, but he no, is saying. No, I'm just, I'm guessing, essentially. I think, I think you're right because he says whole of reality. No, but then he says propositions can represent the whole of reality. But they can't yes, but I think what, what he means there is that common. they can represent. I think what he means there is that they can represent the whole substance, but they can't capture the form completely. Um, and I think that comes down to like some sort of like, um, for instance, the re regression to a meta language to qualify the axioms upon which your system is uh, predicated. Yeah, right. Yeah. That is what I think he's saying. Yeah, mm -hmm. that is my guess. I just don't know why you use that language. Yeah. I mean, it could be a translation thing. Yeah, it could be, which might may, may very well be. But I, I have to admit, my, I spend a lot of time with this book, a lot, a lot of time. And uh, I used to understand it better than I do now. That's how bad it can be. I, I actually read my notes from the time I, under, I, I thought I understood it better. And I can't mm -hmm. understand my notes. Really? <laughs> yeah. God, what the hell was I thinking? I was really deep. In, I must have been really deep into it because I, I can't quite make out what it is. I'm the distinctions I'm projecting in relation to his projections. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting. So why do you think that the the understanding has uh, spoiled somewhat? Like, what, what would your explanation be for that? Well, I think to understand his he he built a very coherent tautology in this piece of work and to understand all the things he's pointing out that many of them are very subtle and i i think they represent a first in the history of thought around language and proposition mm -hmm. um he ma he managed to combine the beginnings of uh, of basically computer logic with language mm -hmm. uh and fairly successfully, uh, probably one of the first ones. Yeah, so I what I found was you have to get very fluent with his language. And what happens mm -hmm. out of that is a new language starts to get formed in your mind. And you're thinking that what's happened is, is that I'm not thinking at that level of abstraction anymore. Uh, mm -hmm. It took a lot of practice. I actually read this book once a day for a, a few years. 
mm-hmm. just just to be sure that I understood it by by rote, he, uh, just to give myself a chance to formulate thoughts around it. Mm-hmm. I just thought that it was so well done that it was worth getting to know. Even and the strange thing about it was, even though I knew I had to learn it, I also knew it was wrong. So it's a funny double quality that it had. Mm-hmm. Um, what I've you know, noticed- there was there was there was a time where I believed in the whole idea that there should be another language, a perfect language that we should be using, and it's connected to the belief in Esperanto uh, mm-hmm. for a while. And uh, after a certain amount, of, he believed that the language is imperfect. That was the problem. And then I started to realize that the language was perfect. And that he was wrong mm-hmm. uh, in its own way. An interesting thing about Wittgenstein is that I find he's very, he lends himself to misinterpretation, if you know what I mean. Yeah, um, it's the, it's the re- re- rhetorical things he says that take things out of the realm of preciseness and into rhetoric. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really interesting, though, because I find... Um, I like to to uh, like offer some um, not just Wittgenstein, but I also have a couple of my favorite ones from Nietzsche, right? That I offer people and I ask them to deconstruct it, and you can get a measure for how philosophically inclined they are by how quickly they give up and settle for their answer, essentially, because yeah. you it's obvious that you haven't quite got it just based on the fact that there are words you didn't understand. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah, for you to go, yeah. I got the gist of it. You know, it's kind of like. It, like I said, it's revealing with regards to how uh, practiced you are in philosophy. I, I agree. Hmm. So what I like about his is basically this whole thing, I think it happens in the threes, is uh, he describes a picture theory. Uh Let's see if I can find. Basically, what he what he tries to say is what uh, propositions or a set of propositions show is a set of relationship between the signs that has some equivalence to the relationship between objects in the real world, and that's how a proposition describes a picture. And that's a very simple but important idea. It's a key idea. Could you repeat that, sorry? So a a proposition or a set of propositions is a set of signs which define a set of relations between those signs. And those relations have a certain equivalence with objects in the real world, with the relations between objects Mm -hmm. in the real world. And that's how a proposition implies the world. So in that sense, I get the opposite I almost get the opposite sense of his proposition, which is all that we can show is the logical structure between the relations of our signs and the relations of objects in the real world. Yes, but I think... Apart from that, that's all that we can assume. I agree with that, but I think it seems to me that he is speaking uh, more transcendentally to... Um, the logical structure of the world, not the logical structure of our propositions, right? So we can like analyze the logical structure um, that we're using to represent the relationships in the world, but we can never capture those real world relationships completely because yeah. um, like language just isn't actually capable of that. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, but the other thing I always like to say is that this is this is a very popular thought, and what mm-hmm. I find is is that it has limited utility because. Do you mean it, the Do you mean the one I said about language not being capable of that? Yes. Yes, I yes. agree with it's, you, right? Because both, I use that yeah. in a very limited way, but I've had lots of people say to me, "Well, language is so incapable of capturing truth or logical form, let's say that." Any uh, propositions you claim to know are just unreliable, and it's like exactly yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. like mm-hmm. I know where you're get how you're getting there, but it's just not true. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree with you totally. Because mm-hmm. yeah, we both experienced the same thing. I've heard it so often that I go, okay, I have to always uh, point out that <laughs> there's more that you can say with language than uh, than <laughs> you're than you're actually doing, and that that's really the challenge, not. The challenge is not to do what is impossible, but to do what is possible. And what's possible far transcends what we actually realize. Mm-hmm. I think that's uh, very astute. So uh, that was part of it. And so, the, the, yeah, the picture, the picture theory I found really, really interesting and really useful. Hello. Uh, maybe it's two is where the picture three. No, it looks. I think it is three. I've got uh, three point zero one. The totality of true thoughts is a picture of the world. Yeah, yeah. There it is. Three point. Three point oh one. Three point oh one. Oh, there it is. Yes. Yes. I love this shit. I really do. I thought contains the possibility of the situation of which it is the thought. What is? I don't know what that was. That ad. And he gets into the the god thing, which is always a problem. I love that. If a thought were were correct a priori, it would be a thought whose possibility ensured its truth. I love these little uh, I circles. Think, mm-hmm. I don't think God is particularly problematic until you start trying to say it exists. Yeah. Like the the idea That's of a true. God. The way he's doesn't... saying it is not a problem. It's true. No, no, but the idea of a God that doesn't exist makes perfect sense. Uh, I, I don't know. Anyway. I mean, the idea of a God that. Um, isn't like representatively real outside of mental spaces, if that's what you mean. Sure, but like no, no. Okay, so through, um, like you could say that um, through God not existing, everything else exists relative to God. God, God is what does not exist. Um, God's not the only thing that doesn't exist, though, and like that doesn't even like do justice to the to the sure? to the ideas. It doesn't do justice to the ideas attached to God. I, no, that's what I'm saying. So, it's it's only when you it's only when people start trying to ascribe certain properties to God that God becomes incoherent. One of those well, being existence. But there are certain properties which are undeniably part of whatever you would call God, right? Which is, for instance, the transcendent ground of being. Yeah. So yeah, that's. I, I would the... say not existing is pretty transcendent, dude. Matt, we'll be back momentarily. Well, check out this. Uh... That's one definition of God. That's Blake's definition of God, which is much closer to uh, uh, transcendent. Uh, 
how does one come to terms with that? And uh, the thing is, is if you haven't ever experienced it, then you can't know what it, what it refers to. And it's, it actually represents the very same problem, which is that until you've experienced it, then uh, you wouldn't know that he's, this is just a, this is not just a poem. This is an experience that uh, uh, this guy had. And I think what it refers to is the fractal nature of the universe. So he's got a, he's had an experience of the fractal nature of the universe that everything is embedded within everything, and that it's it's a series of embeddings at different scales of logic, right down to uh, 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 microscopic reality, which he can't perceive, but he imagines that it continues long long past his scope of perception in both directions, uh, the macrocosm and the microcosm. And then he's also having an experience of uh, a what appears to be a determinate relationship to the future and the past, that somehow he has seen that it, this whole fractal reality moves from the past to the present to the future in a determinate manner. And that for him is God. And for a lot of people, it actually is. That's This is the problem. This is a very... If you want to deal with the problem on its real feet, then you have to deal with the whole problem. If you want to just exclude... If you want to deal with the problem by labeling it with uh, poor definitions of the phenomena, uh, then the problem is easy, but you're not really getting anywhere. What you have... What you want to do... I'm using a slightly different definition again, though. Like, for me... Um, everything which exists and for it to be able to be said to exist it must have a value right um yeah. and another thing i believe is that the value of any proposition it is defined like comes from the things that is defined relative to and, and a thing i said earlier in the conversation was i think that the first proposition cannot have a value because it is not defined relative to anything else so for me, the first proposition, if, if you were to have a model of God, for me, the first proposition is God. Since that does not have a value, because it's defined not relative to anything else, God does not exist. How do you know it's not defined anything. relative to anything else? How do you know? You, the only th the, because the only thing it could be See, defined here, here's the thing. Be but I don't, is either defined you, relative to itself or it's not defined relative to anything. Did you, did you see the Blake poem? Um, I think so. So to see a world in a grain of sand and heaven in a wildflower hold infinity in the palm of your hand and eternity in an hour. Mm -hmm. Wow, that is lovely. So he's referring to something in the real world. That's my claim. And uh, he calls it God. Yeah, but I'm referring to a different God. God that is... Yeah, but why... I feel like um, what he means by... In that poem, it seems like he's talking about the unity of being. Right? Yes. Um, which obviously is something I agree with. I think Chris has yeah. a slightly different conception, though. Yeah, for, for me, when, when I'm trying to define God, I'm using the definition of, like, the first thing, the first cause, the thing that made all of the other things, right? And for me, okay. the first cause itself cannot exist, but through yeah. it not existing, it causes everything else to that's exist. Not, that's not okay. called causality anymore. Right. If no, something, no. if something by not existing causes things, that is not a causal relationship. How? 
because not existing cannot be causal, right? If the fact of no, it's no, not no, no, but no, no, but it's there's a difference between the word ontological existence, ontological existence, and the other ex- definition of existence that we're generally using. Ontologically, the the God point that that single first axiom which has no value it ontologically does exist but as okay, you know what the problem the with that argument is? is concerned it does not exist there and is a problem with the thing. argument what the problem with the argument is what if god is the second thing so now the no, first but, point no no no, no now but, the no, first but, no not, but it, no it's it it's relevant it doesn't matter whether it's a third thing or the fourth thing the, yes, the, the argument my starting, only, axiom, my starting axiom is is that whatever the first point is, that is God. Yeah, but that, that, is, that is how mean, I define God. That doesn't no, seem that, so I say, so what about my definition of uh, uh, God is the second thing? The I'm first confused. Axiom Can is I just God. ask, like, that doesn't seem like a meaning. different things. That doesn't seem like a meaningful statement to me, right? If what you mean by God is the first point, don't say God, say first point. Yeah. Yeah. The, okay. The first point that caused all of the other points to exist through it not existing. Fine. Okay, but I don't think that I personally think that if something That's basically by, God did. If, if something by virtue of non-existence, right, has as its necessary like alternative something that does exist, the thing that does not exist did not cause the thing that does. That is not how causes work. Except right, something that is, the fact that, is, that, that is how the relationship works. No, if you have two options and one of them is false, the other must be true, but the false thing did not cause the true thing, it didn't, and there's no way to say that it did. In fact, it is merely the exclusion of an alternative option that necessitates the truth of one of the options, it is not any kind of causality. No, okay, so no, but. The, the the point the the point the God point is f equals not f right and so if if you say that that is true then it immediately becomes false and everything stops but if it starts out false and then becomes true it causes everything else to become true well, and that would that might make sense if I accepted that reality uh, conforms to construct the theory but I don't right and so I don't yeah, see fair enough yeah and I yeah so I don't understand how that like fits into my model because my model is is not uh it doesn't require that dynamic construction step right because i don't think that there's a link between what's not and what is i think what's not just isn't okay so so all structure just always has the value there's there's no way to have a structure devoid of value and there's no way to have a value devoid of structure is that what you're saying yeah basically i i agree okay. with that I, th- I think it does follow and uh um, so I think that it, you can it, have a structure devoid of value. I disagree. I, I, I think what you're doing is rhetoric, and it's the same thing that Wittgenstein does, which is the rhetoric confuses you as to the logic. So on a, on a, on a logical, tautological level, what you're saying makes sense, but it relies on assumptions, which... Okay, so uh, I, have, I have a question. So, so, you, so you honestly believe that every structure has like a, a distinct value? Every structure, every structure, yeah, every structure in in uh, the the real world has a value. Structure has value. That's something that people don't understand at first. So when you're very very young and you're a baby, it's just content. You don't realize that structures has value, 
And as you get older, you start to realize that structure does have value. Structure of facts, no, I, I structure agree. of events, structure cause and effect. Is, cause and effect itself is a structural relationship. I think all structure which exists has value, but structure okay. which does not exist and can... Yeah, but you can't define you can, that a priori. You can have structure that... Wait, okay, here's the I will. objection. I'll do it right now. I'll do it Wait, right now. Can I offer an objection? Can I offer an objection? Right? To say of that which is not, that it is, is false. To say of that which is, that it is, is truth. Right? That is how we define what's true and false. If something is non-existent, it isn't there. If something is false, right. it isn't there. But the structure, but the, the, the structure is still there, even if it data logic, like even if there is no data logical manifestation no. of it in existence, I, yeah, I the structure with fundamentally still I, exists I disagree in an ontological sense. I disagree with that. I think anything false. Okay, doesn't... so so I have just managed to, in the real world, describe a structure which doesn't even ontologically exist. That's what you're it, saying. No, it does. It ontologically exists in your mind and not further than that, right? And but that's what I'm saying. Is... You can have you can ontologically have a structure which does not have no. any values yes that's not it does not, not exist wrong. until it has values wrong that's not it not existing it exists in the mind of the subject right and there's okay, no way if, if i say like fucking unicorn unicorn existence equals false right that sure. statement is ontologically true that structure is ontologically true but as far as existence goes unicorns don't exist yeah, that's called representative truth. But I don't understand how you're linking that, right, to the other idea. Right, because I consider that to be coherent, right? You can say uniforms, sorry, unicorns don't exist. And what you mean by that, right, is that unicorns don't exist in a mind-independent sense. And that statement, although it may ontologically be true, is representatively true, right? And then there is a way for statements that are, all, all statements are ontologically true, but not all of them are representatively true, right? And that is the distinction that allows people to make false propositions, right? That doesn't mean falseness exists. It means humans can conceive of incoherent propositions that's not falseness but those propositions ontologically exist but they're not false that's the thing they're incoherent but they're not false yeah they don't have a value i disagree that's not what incoherent means incoherent means they can't be evaluated that doesn't because mean they, they don't have no, one nope that's until not the, you pin, that until, is until not a value. Dude, that okay, is soon, not the, that's not the only reason that something can't be evaluated, dude. Something can have a value that, for instance, is cyclic. Then you can't evaluate it. Like, as, so as soon as you pin the values of the structure I provided, the rest of the structure takes on a value. And, and all of the structure has value. As soon as you pin some of the values to a distinct value. But until that point, the structure itself doesn't exist because it doesn't have values even though it can be described until you attribute values to it it does not exist i if what you're saying that's, is uh, that's... if what if what you're saying is that until you have an idea the contents of the idea don't exist maybe i accept that right but i don't understand how you connect that to any statement about the actual state of affairs because all you're talking about right is the difference between what subjects can think about the world and the way the world is and you're saying that the fact that subjects can come up with propositions which aren't representatively true right indicates that falsehood exists in some ontic sense and i disagree with that
Okay, so what if so what if I have the structure yeah. B equals A <laughs> or B? What if, what if I have the structure B equals A or B, right? Sure. It, itself, in itself, doesn't have a value, right? It, it, you, can't, you cannot evaluate it. It's, it cannot be evaluated at all, right? Until A has a value. As soon as you say A is true or A, like as, as, soon, as, as soon as you do that, I don't as soon as you say A is true. Okay, here's the thing. The moment B you say true. A, it exists, right? So there's no time, this time that you're inventing, uh, which is that we can see these statements and them not existing. That actually doesn't happen. So if you uh, get really rigorous with what actually happens, so you, what you have to say is, at one moment I'm seeing the letter A, at the next moment I'm seeing an equal sign, at the next moment I'm seeing B, and the next moment I'm seeing a plus, and the next moment I'm seeing a C, and then say, uh, well, you haven't seen them yet. That, that, that is, actually isn't even logical. No, no. okay. I was, what I'm saying is any structure which is true exists, right? That's one of my axioms. As soon oh. as you give them a representational okay. form, right. whether you give them other values or not, they already have value, and that's what you're not realizing. No, That's why I what, went over okay, that. So, 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 so I'll, you I'll do you feel you understand what I'm saying? Yes. You Could do. you rephrase oh. it? Maybe I don't feel you do. Could you? Rephrase I'm, I'm saying. I'm saying the moment that you. Uh, no, see I was the... wanting. I was wanting him to uh, like demonstrate an understanding of what you said. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I'm typing. Um. Uh. <laughs> So, I know I know what you're doing, and uh, it's it's actually a common, uh, let's say, mistake. Mm -hmm. uh, which is you're you're not uh, respecting the fact that you read signs in time. So the moment that the sign appears, it already has a value. If it if it doesn't have a value, then it can't appear. If it appears, it has a value. That's all there is to it, and that's okay, just basic so, so, cause okay, and effect. So, this, so this, 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 this structure has appeared in front of you. Please yeah. tell me, what is the value of B? So let's let's say let's say this definition of B always ontologically exists, right? So ontologically, B always exists, but that's right. because B because B cannot be evaluated at the current that's point right. in time. B doesn't right. actually have the value true, therefore it doesn't exist, right? No, so no, in no, this, no. In this that's case, a mistake. That's, that's I'm a telling mistake. you. That is a mistake. I agree. Right at the end, where you say "thus it doesn't exist," that is an error. Okay, so existence. Yeah. Okay. So no, so, let me hey, let me explain. Here, here I'll, do, I'll do I'll do it as a piece. A piece I, of I know what right? you're doing wrong here, here's steps, so I can right? explain okay. it. Guys, guys, come here, on. Here's my first axiom. Here's my first axiom. Axiom A: anything which Anything which is true exists, and only things which are true can exist, right? That's right. Axi axiom B. B does not evaluate to true. Step yeah. C. B does uh, not exist. You just conflated truth? Okay. You just conflated ontic truth and representative truth. I said it ontologically exists. I already yes. said at the start, B always ontologically exists. Always. Under all circumstances. Okay, are you ready to hear my answer? And then... 
there's a difference between ontological existence and general existence. B always ontologically exists. That is incorrect. But by the way. unless unless A is true, B does not generally exist. There is no distinction between general existence and ontological existence. Ontology is the study of being generally right there is no distinction any distinction you think there exists between ontology and generalized existence is is not there no but no but generalized existence is temporal no it okay, isn't no it isn't it that's is. why it's called generalized okay, okay, so, generalized okay so, okay so right now right now i have I am standing one meter away from my skateboard, right? Wait a minute. Be, before you go on, no, no, let's true. stop. Let's that stop. is, that is ontologically true. I take no, one meter for a second. Two meters away. Is the first statement now ontologically false, or is it still true? Even though, it's, in in a temporal sense, it is now false. No, let's it's stay with false. A that's equals thing, B plus that's C. Thing. You're wrong. It's not false in a temporal sense, right? It's not representatively consistent. Oh, so, so, so I am both two meters away and one meter Listen away from to me. my skateboard. Now. It's, you're just conflating words. It's not representatively consistent. You can't use the words true or false in ontology and use the same words for representative evaluations. That I'm not is using them for ontology. Okay, so I'm okay, saying so everything say. always, whether it is true, like whether, whether it evaluates to true, whether it evaluates to false, whether it cannot be evaluated, all of it always ontologically exists. All of it. There's no other type of existence. Even even stuff that seems incoherent. What other kind of existence is there apart from ontological existence, Chris? Evalu evaluator, evaluator. That's not existence. Whether or not that's, something that's what this is no, no. Whether or not something evaluates to be consistent with the environment has nothing to do with whether or not it exists. Nothing at all. How do you explain time? So like non-ontologically, so ontologically it's static. How do you explain Wait a the minute. fact that it we, doesn't can we appear stop static there? without temporal existence? I have written, I've written extensively on this on Quora. I don't know that it would be productive to go into it in voice, right? Because I could just link you to stuff I've put hours of time into where I've talked about this problem. Yeah, we've also discussed hey. it before, and I don't think that your solution. Can you guys hear me? Yes, we yes. can. Do. Sorry. Okay, so can can I just go to the A equals B plus C because that example is what you gave and uh, I'm I'm gonna butt I, I, out for a bit, but Chris, you need to let him finish before you interject, please. Uh, thank you. Um, so when you describe those three uh, sentences, what you're doing is you're establishing B's relationship to uh, uh, three other uh, A's th two. You're establishing uh, a and you're establishing a relationship of B in relation to A and C. So you're establishing relationships, and you're claiming that they're ontological. So that when we understand what the meaning of plus means, that this will actually refer to real numbers. But the fact that you've described the relationships between these already counts as part of a statement of truth in relation it's to the, existence. Yeah, it's an ontological structure. So, no, when we we admitted at the very beginning that all yeah, we're doing is uh, projecting signs and projecting that the relations between these signs are uh, uh, have some sort of equivalence with relations between objects in the real world, right? Mm -hmm. And so what this is doing is making relationships between 
making signs and establishing relationships between those signs, which have an equivalence with the real world. And so they've already made statements of truth, regardless of the fact of whether you know what uh, B or C is. You already know that yeah, A has a relationship yeah. to B and C. And, and That's, I agree with that. Yeah. So uh, the way that you're but, arguing, but. though, is rhetorical. And the reason I say it's rhetorical is it's not helping you see. You, you no, made it sound you, like you made you it. You keep, made it. You keep saying it like I'm trying. Sorry to interject again. But you keep saying it like I'm trying to describe objectivity when the whole purpose of this piece is for modeling why time appears and things appear to change for the subject and why things appear to change like it's to model the subject subjective aspect of existence because the ontological objective aspect has already been covered it all exists well that's not the reason i would give to it but and i don't know why you gave that reason that uh i agree with your first proposition that uh Okay, your, your, so, your main task is to uh, establish a bridge between your relative position and uh, uh, the true state of affairs. That so means we, that you also have to be aware of whatever filters you're employing to filter out facts of states of affairs. Right. So if in our debate, we would, I would say, I think you filtered out an interesting fact of the state of affairs in the sequence of statements that you made which I doubt is accidental, then that would be interesting. And that is that you you didn't give a structure value, but you gave content value, which is a which is a sort of elementary sort of uh, mistake. You, I don't know why. And yet I've heard you argue that structure has value. So it actually is no, a no, contradiction. No, no. Structure, own... structure is tied to value. Structure, structure is the relationship between values. Yeah, and it, it isn't just tied to value. It's, it has an equivalence with the real world. You don't have to have value. You don't have to have the value of structure is a value in itself. That's what I was trying to illustrate by, by going over those three statements. The structure has value. You, you created a, a value structure. Without the values being defined, I mean, that doesn't mean that the structure isn't communicating something. It's definitely no, that's true. exactly what I'm saying. Though. I'm saying these structures, I call them metalogical structures. No, so what? Do what not Joshua have a distinct is saying, value. I say Joshua, these ontologically exist. What Joshua is saying, right, is that that's not possible because structures in themselves have value, right? That's how you yeah. evaluate links between propositions. That's exactly okay, true. Okay, I have, okay, I have, I've got an example of a mathematical one we use all the time. Please give me the value of pi without giving me the value one pi. Zero. Without, without I, I said the answer is zero. If there are no pies, then there is zero. That's the answer. If, if we have no circle and no square to compare, then the difference is That's nothing. A good answer. I don't agree. The, well, you no, know, it is it's, a good answer. A oh, come on. <laughs> it's not zero. Okay. So then it's something as a ratio. It's a ratio. And you can't you have divide by think. zero, dude. I'm not dividing it by no, zero. No, no, I'm no, saying, no, I'm saying ratio, wait a minute. Can I just speak for a second? I'm saying, by... I'm saying, right, a ratio is where you proportion one thing to another, right? And th that implies you have one and another thing, Chris. And if you don't have one and another thing, ratio is nothing. nothing. There's no ratio because you can't have a ratio between two things that aren't there.
Yeah, and, and you can't you also can't have a ratio between zero and zero. It's that's not what it means. What it means is that there is no ratio between a non-square and a non-circle. Do you understand that? Yeah, so the answer is not zero. No, the answer is zero. Zero is how we represent the lack of something. Oh, you mean like does not does not exist? Zero. He's using Matthew's using your Matthew's using your own argument against you. So then you would agree with the point that you disagreed with last time, which is that zero divided by zero equals zero. No, because I think that I don't understand enough about how division works. I'm not dividing anything. I'm saying if we understand pi to be the ratio between a given square and a given circle, right? And we yeah, are not so, given, so, so, and so, so I'm not one, done, and, and we're not given a square or a circle, then okay, that okay. ratio must be nothing. So it's the ratio between the area of the square and the circle, right? And, and since the number is zero, that means the, the circle has an area of zero. And the square has a ratio, an area of zero. So it's the Correct. ratio between no. an area. No, no, so it's zero divided yes. by zero. Yes. No, wait a minute. I'll say yes to that. I'll say, right, that the square has an area of zero, as in it's not there. You can't measure it at all. And so does and the, the circle. circle has an area of zero. Yeah. So it's a ratio between zero and zero, therefore not zero. No, that's, you nothing, just, that's, nothing. that, that is sophistry. Yeah, I have to agree. Dude, I was trying to make this That's, argument like fucking months That it involves a confusion of the words, right? And if you if you don't yeah, understand it does. That, right, then you need to listen more carefully, right? But if you do, it's a sophistry. There's no other way around it, right? What you did with the zero there is you No, you are doing so you are the one that is you you are equivocating zero and nothing. No, that's what right. zero is a numeric representation of the absence of, of a position. Nope, of the absence of value. No. Yeah, a, a position no, which not does a not position, have a value a, because the position, position is not defined position, to position, position implies a number line, which is an abstraction that doesn't really exist. Try again. Zero is a point. A point no, is a position. No, zero is not a point on a number line. Try again. Zero, zero. zero is the point which defines no. the position, which is I, used I to define the number line. I completely and disagree with that. all of it is that. defined relative to zero. I completely you first disagree put with a that. point. Where you can put zero wherever the fuck you want on your page, and that You're will be the origin. You're misunderstanding what zero represents. Zero represents the absence of an object. If I say I have zero no, coins, it doesn't. It does. If I say I have That's zero what I coins, thought. I thought it did. Me. I used to think that, and then if I realized I, it doesn't. If I say I have yeah, zero yeah. coins, what I mean by that is that I don't have any coins. May I interject, please? Yes. I, yeah. Um, we in maths there are different types of zeros. We have yeah. zero origin, and we have the zero vector, for example. We have the Matt, zero... Matt is talking about the zero scalar. Right. Specifically. So the zero scalar is the absence of value. So you have to strictly define it like that. That is what I yes. said. That is but, what uh, I that's said. That's not what I'm talking about, and that's what I keep trying to say. No, but you said I'm equivocating between the two when you just admitted they were the same. I what I heard, what I heard was NanoScholar changing the context of the meaning of zero, and it appeared unconscious. That was, I agree what I with that. That's what, what I said. This is the definition yeah. of using. I've been, I've been using this definition of zero for two fucking no, weeks, dude. No, that's not what uh, I mean. Honestly, honestly, you you are unconsciously changing the context, and that's how you're actually letting your mind uh, lead you, you in uh, tautologies that are not, not fruitful. Sure, I'm not even sure it's like. A change of context exactly it seems like he puts the ideas together so they're in the same context and it's like mushed no i i heard the the definition of zero change 
Yes, but I don't. No, I look. I I detected the same shift, but I don't think it was in the, the whole time. The entire time, I've been saying zero is a point. I also, the only time I've equivocated between zero was when I said that my God is functionally equivalent to the point zero because everything. But you realize is relative that the scalar, it. the scalar is different than the it's truth value minute. proposition. Those so are you, two different. So wait a minute, wait a minute. When and I Matt say, was using the scalar, wait a minute. Yeah, when I, I say, saying, when I say, when I say, right, that no amount of pi equals zero, right? You took that to mean I meant it meant a point on a number line. Is that what you think, right? I didn't yeah, mean yeah, the yeah. absence of value. No, you knew what the fuck I meant. That's what happened. No, he didn't really. Oh, he, he confused. I thought he was confused. I confused. think that he knew what I meant up until he changed his mind about it. Well, I think what happened was Nano was using it a certain way, and then you came along and used it the other using way. It a completely different way. Yes, no, but he knew what I meant. Saying, he has admitted you were saying that my was wrong because you were using He's it admitted way repeatedly. He's admitted repeatedly he knew when how you, I was using it. Matthew, when you hear the recording, you realize he didn't actually get what you what you said. Since actually, then, register. since then, right, he has successfully explained what I was doing, right? So to continue to raise the same objection seems facile, right? Because if you use what definition of zero I'm using to answer the question, it is a yeah. coherent answer. There's nothing wrong with my answer. I don't understand the segue. Well, because, I think it's, the idea because, was because... No, the, the reason was because... So, okay, so I'm like, okay, I'm using this definition of zero and i'm using it to do this thing and in your criticism of my idea you use a different definition of zero no he that used the my, right that was, one that, that was, was the question. answer to your question no I he used, actually was it was a clever answer i used the definition of zero. answered it i used the definition of zero that was pertinent to your question about pi you did it it is it is it's pertinent that, is, that is actually true because like i don't um, agree I don't agree. No, like, I so don't is pi value? I think that the scale. I think that the scalar definition of. I don't agree that there are even scalars. That's okay. I, think, I, I think, don't agree. I, I don't every, agree that there's a number line. So the I, I don't agree there's a number line. So we're one to one on that one, dude. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> one to one. Okay, so uh, um, there has to be something like a pi vector, right? Uh, no, pi is a constant that vectors can relate to. I see. It's a ratio, and because it's a ratio, you can argue that it's a thing, and because it can't be resolved, you can argue that it doesn't exist. So they're both true. It, no, pi, pi is a metalogical structure because it is a relationship between two other things, right? Yes, until, yeah. until, you, until you pin the, the value of the two things it relies on, until those two things are pinned, in this case, they are pinned by a single number, but it could be pinned by two numbers. Okay. Um, Let me explain until, my answer. Until, until those values are pinned, pi does not take on a value. I agree. It let does take on a value. Let it let does, because it's a ratio, and it's the same problem as the A equals B plus C. You're doing the same thing, and actually what it is is Okay. Can I explain my answer again, right? So here's what it is, right? When you say, can you give me the value of pi without saying one pi, right? What one pi means is one pi translates to the ratio between one square and one circle, right? And, yes, you're and, so, and so wait, wait, let me explain my answer. So I say, if I don't have one pi, I don't have one square and one circle. So my answer is thus. An absence of a square and an absence of a circle leads to the absence of the ratio between them, and that is true. But well, I have zero. a, I have 
I have an objection. Um, yeah. You can also, I believe you can also define pi by uh, the relationship between um, the change of direction between one dimension and another. I don't use yeah, that. Pi, pi, pi comes up a lot. The way that I understand pi is the ratio between a square and a circle. As far as I understand, there is no other derivation of it. It is considered a transcendental number. Yes, and what I'm saying is until until you pin the values which to pi is reliant upon. No, it's not until, true what you're saying. It's until not until, you pin the value it's already pi there. Is upon, pi doesn't have a value. It already so has like a value because the no, relation has thing, a value. Okay, no, okay. No, actually, wait a minute. No, I agree. I think I agree, right? It has the, the absence. No, 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 no. You just said, right, until we pin it, it doesn't have a value. That's what zero means, right? No. That's what zero means. Yes, the absence of a value. That's what I was saying. That, no, that's exactly word for word what I said. I said that pi doesn't have a value if the square and the circle are not there. And you just said the same thing in different words. That's right. I don't think it's equivalent to zero. That was the that exact... I think, I think That's not what he's saying. Recapitulate our statements. What did you say and what did I say? Tell me. I said that it does not have a value. What did I say? You said that the value is zero. Which, which means in this context that it has absent a value. We agreed no, on mean, that already. No, but, but... Again, he said it that I'm, many I'm times. Not using, I'm not using the scalar definition of value ever. You know what I'm using. So listen, <laughs> just right. translate it. Seriously, just translate I it. Because that, that, that I don't care. I have rephrased this. Chris, I've rephrased it repeatedly, okay? Don't use the word zero. I said the absence of a square and the absence of a circle leads to the logical conclusion that the relationship between them is absent, right? That is what you said also. No, it means that the, the, the relationship the relationship is false because the the values it is dependent upon do not exist. The metallurgical structure ontologically still exists. I said I don't care about that fluff. Pi, pi ontologically is... still exists, even if you are not referencing a specific please, square and a specific please, circle. Please that is all I'm saying. Please boil down the analytic distinction between what you said and what I said, because I don't think there was one. You, what what difference right. what the only uh, I'm taking is that you keep saying it is equivalent to zero. That's I didn't say that. I, I said it once. I said it once, right? And then yeah, I was absent of value. Do you have any that. issue with anything else you said? How many times okay. can I say That's absent of value right. before you hear me? I, yeah. I, oh, my fucking God. I agreed with you and then I added the caveat, even though the relationship does not exist, ontologically, it does still exist. That was me agreeing with you. No, but the point is, when I recapitulated to you, right, that your example was the exact same as mine, you said no again and again. That's right. You did I say no. I only said no. I only said no when you said it was equivalent to zero. What happened there? Are your veins open or did False and zero are very different, in my opinion. <laughs> Alright, I think Matt left. He's back. I don't see.
Are we going to go back to that topic? I think we exhausted that one. Yeah, I definitely think so too. But like, I I feel like the the argument there really um, was trying to describe the state of change. If something changes, that means one time it was true and one time it was false. But that is not the case. Things can't be true and false. It can be true and false in different senses or at different times. This is a very common yeah. thing. Right? The law of non-contradiction, right? The law of non-contradiction in its full version, Chris, is that two things cannot... So something can't be true or true and false in the same sense at the same time. And the example given by philosophers about this, right, is a spinning top, right? A spinning top is both in motion and at rest along different axes, right? And in that sense, right, it is not breaking the law of non-contradiction because it is true in different senses. No, but that's that's why I'm not breaking the law of non-contradiction in my opinion. I, I'm not saying A and not A is true. I'm saying A is equal to not A. I just gave you the explanation. It's right? describing a structure. It's not. It doesn't break the law of non-contradiction, dude. I just explained, right, why the fact that things seem to change isn't a problem. Yeah. And I just described the mechanism that allows them to change. Not only is it not a problem, I just said I, how. I described an alternative mechanism, though. So, like, what makes us prefer yours? Okay, so for you, everything always exists. How is that change? Change is, is part of perception, right? It's part of the, the, the perspective of being instantiated in limits that you don't quite comprehend. Right, so it's almost like subjective d existence is like different from ontological existence, like I was trying to say earlier. Almost like that, but not. Like it's a part of ontological existence. Yes. But it, but it, it is a limited scope, and within that scope, things can appear to change, and the mechanism, I believe, is responsible for that, is this constant, which is A equals not yes, A. Yes, no, no, but the thing is, right, you made perfect fucking sense to me last night, Chris. Your issue, as you correctly identified at the end of our conversation last night when you said maybe zero is false and one is true, hmm, right, is that you seem no, to think, you seem to think, you seem to think, right, that nothingness, absence, zero, you seem to attribute to these things some kind of transcendence which is just inappropriate. No, but it's not nothingness. Zero isn't synonymous with nothing. I never said it was they're, nothingness. They're it's not nothingness. It's nothing. Because no, what nothing... It, it is definitely a thing. It has You're structure. Not listening to me. It does not have a it's value. It's a thing. That is it's the a difference. thing. We call the thing nothing. It means the absence of a thing. No, no but, but in this case, zero is the only thing which does not have a value that is still considered a thing. No, not true. It does have a value. And, and it's, not, it's not even really... No, but it's only if it's defined relative to itself. Well, what is, what is zero? Zero is, which, which is having... This, no, no, well, no. Well, zero is defined to the fact of values, right? Zero is having chosen nothing to put in the foreground of consciousness. Uh, yes, while but like, the whole um, universe exists. So. You contrast, yeah, you contrast zero just with the fact that there are a number of things, right? You can either have a number of things or you don't have the things. Yeah. Actually, 
Um, uh, they're both defined relative to each other. So something is the absence, I, of, like the not nothing. No, and then no, that's nothing not is true. Not that nothing. is not true. Something has its own definition. It's not defined as not nothing. Nothing, nothing is the absence of all other things. No, it isn't. It's no, that's the not choosing to put in the foreground of consciousness. Nothing specifically. Anything. Right, nothing. Yeah, this is the absence of all things, right? Nothing is the absence of a particular thing which could be present since it exists, but it isn't. Yeah. That's, that's more like what I said. Not quite, Vivi. Uh, right, so I said something is not nothing. But that's not how it's no. defined, correct? I agree. And that, yeah, that was the issue with your utterance. That that, that that's is why the, the circle goes that if you're talking about nothing, you're also talking about everything. Mm -hmm. Okay, so wait, wait, wait. In the, in the statement that false means zero. Yeah. False is not true, and true is not false. Yeah. Yeah. But false doesn't really correspond to zero properly, right? Representative. This is the issue Chris is having all along. Representative falsehood. Yeah. And ontological falsehood are completely different. Ontological falsehood isn't a thing. Yeah, exactly. It's I, not a I thing. I one hundred percent agree, and I've always said that. Then I don't know why you're saying that there are things that have structure but don't exist. That is false. Yeah. I'm. Oh my fucking god! How many times do I have to say you every single time I reference existence and don't explicitly say ontological existence? I don't fucking mean ontological existence. Are you aware that representative truth is not any kind of existence? It That's is how not, subjective no, existence no, manifests, dude. No! It's how no, the only other type of existence manifests. Representative truth is different to a kind of existence. It's, it's, like an, it's, it's more like evaluative truth. As we evaluate the ontological structure, we... Like, this is what manifest it seems to me like what you're confused about right is that the correspondence is between the word truth and exists right ontic truth is existence right and representative no listen to me ontic truth listen to me I'm talking that's about wrong truth, I am listen not to talking me about listen truth. to me that's wrong ontic truth means existence representative truth means consistence or consistency rather with the actual state of affairs get that through your head right representative truth is not Existence. That's not what we call it. Nobody other than you has ever referred to something. I'm referring to subjective existence. That's not, not the point. That's not what we're talking existence. about. You're talking about correspondence with actuality. No one calls that existence. Nobody. Well, the thing is, he's trying to describe change, which he's, is he's, relative. He's trying yes. to describe change right? only exists in the subjective frame, and okay, the subjective listen. frame exists relative to the ontological existence okay, of how everything about this? that contains. Listen to me. Like, listen to me, right? You're saying yeah, well, there's such correct. a thing as ontological existence and representative existence, and that there's no such thing as ontological truth. I'm saying that there is such a thing as ontological truth. That's right? not, I, didn't, I, never I never said, said that. that. You did. You said. You said. I said that there was ontological truth, and you said there's no such thing. I said, I said everything is ontologically true. Yes, I said, I used the phrase- I said there's no such something thing as ontologically false. false. That's what I said. No, that isn't what you said. I have I always, thought, dude, for, at no point in the last like fucking five years have I ever said that anything could ever be ontologically false.
Where the fuck did that even come from? That's not what I said, right? And actually, you said recently, just in this conversation, that you think it makes sense to say something can have structure but not exist. It, but it, ont- it does ontologically exist. That is nonsensical. You are misusing mm-hmm. words. There's no such thing it, as it non... St- okay, so a, a metalogical structure can ontologically exist, but at the same time not exist within the subjective frame. Look up the term exist. You don't know what you're saying. Representative truth cannot be called any kind of existence. It is just a mistake. Okay, so whenever I'm subjective existence, I'll just not use the word existence. Pardon? So whenever I'm talking about subjective existence, which is this entire conversation, I'll just not use the word existence. No, because you're not talking about subjective existence. Give me you're an alternative. About, you're talking about that's, that's subjective truth. That's the only truth. thing I've been talking about. You're talking about the subjective truth. That is they're, they're the idea. Directly linked. They're no, they're not. Linked. The idea subjective of subjective truth and subjective existence are directly linked. There's no such thing as subjective, subjective ontology. existence, is all, which is subjectively true. There's no such thing as subjective ontology, Chris. That oh, does not I, exist. I don't even fucking care anymore, dude. You can have whatever I think, conversation you want. I think Chris has I think Chris has mentioned that if he doesn't say ontologically true, he doesn't mean ontologically true. No, but he's not saying true. That's the yeah, I've only objection. Said it like 30 times. No, you say ontologically exists. I'm saying first of all, that's redundant. Ontolo- ontology already everything, refers to the fact that everything is ontologically true. Everything <sighs> ontologically exists. Bam, out of the way. We never have to say it ever again. So can you explain wow, to me easy. Explain, to me, done that four explain times. to me why yeah, you said... Oh, I did. 